Welcome to Transforming Minds, Transforming Lives, a podcast series of RCCG Living Spring Pittsburgh. Stay tuned for our senior pastor, Boyga Esson. A few Sundays back, we started on wisdom for a new year. Wisdom is very critical, very key. We started looking at some verses of scripture in Proverbs because Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings. God endowed Solomon with so much wisdom. And it's also true that one chapter of Proverbs every day makes you wiser. One chapter of Proverbs every day makes you wiser. So I want to recommend that book to you more than ever before. And we also said that your wisdom level determines your outcomes. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. In other words, I can tell how your life is going, whether you are wise or not, by the outcomes you produce. If you keep on making mistakes and making mistakes, that means you are not wise. Wisdom is sound judgment, ability to make right decisions. So wisdom is very, very key. And the Proverbs is just a collection of wise things. Last Sunday, we spoke about death and life. Proverbs 18 and verse 21. We spoke about how important the words you speak are. Your words create your future. We also spoke about desires of the righteous. Proverbs 23 verse 18. That for surely there is an end. And the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut short. In other words, if you are righteous, your expectations are powerful. Expectations give birth to manifestations. We spoke about those two last week. And of course, we want to move on to talk about something else. And of course, the first proverb I'm going to talk about is Proverbs 13, verse 22. Proverbs 13, 22. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 22, that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. But the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. In other words, he's blessed himself. He now leaves inheritance, something, for his children. Proverbs also say wealth and riches are from fathers. But a good wife is from the Lord. So wealth and riches are from fathers, but a good wife is from the Lord. In other words, some people that you even work with, because they have jumbo inheritances, they have no worries. Not everybody worries about money. I hope you know that. Some people just were born, and as they grew up, they realized they had inheritances waiting for them. And at times, it's not just because their parents were super brilliant, but just doing normal things, just having a life insurance. Buying a life insurance now, every month you pay a premium, and of course, by the time you leave this world, you leave something behind for your children. By having a retirement account, amen, some people just walk into wealth because their father when he was 25 he was starting out a career he had a retirement account and of course for 40 years that he worked the thing had grown to become millions of dollars so people just wake up because they had some wise parents and they just enter into wealth effortlessly they don't have a headache like some of us do have a headache it's my prayer that you will leave something substantial for your children's children in the mighty name of Jesus, wealth and houses are from parents. And of course, a good wife is from the Lord. So the wisdom, able to organize our life, our finances, God will give to us in Jesus' mighty name. You cannot separate a man's finances from his life. You cannot separate a man's finances from his life. Yes, money is not everything. But money goes a long way to make some people happy. Oh yes, money can mess up your emotions. Money can go a long way. Bible says money answers all things. So money can't take the place of God. God is God. But money can go a long way.
to determine your emotions. When you have a swelling back account, you are happy. And when you are in debt, you are sad. A lot of people are depressed because they are in debt. A lot of marriages collapse because of money issues. Too many because of money issues. So, it is true that a good man lives an inheritance for his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Proverbs 13 verse 22. Proverbs 21 verse 20. Proverbs 21 20 says, there is desirable treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it all. Desirable treasure, oil in the dwelling of the wise. Desirable treasure, oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it all. In other words, when you look at a wise man, he has something left over. He doesn't squander everything that he has. He has a savings account. He has a financial budget plan. He doesn't eat with his two hands. In other words, he tries to apportion resources. He's on top of his game financially. He's on top of his bank account. It doesn't necessarily mean that he earns more. Amen? It is even proven that some people who earn six figures, they're the one who go broke fast. By the time you buy some nice cars, and you live in some very palatial houses, and they begin to pay bills, it doesn't take long. But the wise man, he is judicious with his money. He's careful. He has discretion. Even though he can afford it, but he's trying to live below his means. A wise man doesn't show off. A wise man doesn't borrow money to travel overseas to go show off. He's a foolish man that does that. He borrows money, buys tickets with credit card, does everything. He now goes overseas to show off. He's a foolish man, a foolish man, that borrows money to throw elaborate parties. A very foolish man. That kind of man cannot leave anything substantial for his children's children. He borrows money and throws elaborate parties just because he wants to prove a point to people that don't even like him. Some people are just out to impress people that don't like them. They throw party, they call everybody to come and enjoy, and the people that they call don't like them. But the guy who is wise, he has oil in his dwelling. There's something spare. He doesn't consume it all. He doesn't squander it all. He doesn't squander it all. The Bible also says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 to 2, in the NLT version, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1 to 2, says, send your grain across the seas. And in time, profit will flow back to you. But you find your investments among many places. For you do not know what risk might lie ahead. Say, cast your bread upon many waters. And after many days, you will have them back. In other words, apportion your resources. Have a portfolio of investments. You know, investment is education. Skill is different from spirituality. You cannot with prayers grow wheat. You cannot with prayers just say, okay, ground, begin to produce for me an orange tree without planting a seed. So God will work with your skills. Spirituality is one thing. Having skills is another thing altogether. So for you to invest, for you to be an investor, you need education. You must know some things. And you know why the stock exchange is crazy? You see the graphs. You see everything is just crazy. It's because they want to drive out the lazy man. Because the lazy man doesn't think. He doesn't like thinking. So by the time you see those graphs, ah, I can't comprehend this. That's how the rich man shuts out the poor people. They bamboozle them because they can't sit down and study and then enhance their skills. 
So investment portfolio means you have to be on top of the game. It says here that look, send your grain across the seas. In time, profit will flow back to you, but you find your investments among many places. So if you don't have a savings, you squander everything, how would you think of investment? Can you see how people become so poor? You buy a house now, you wait five years, it's appreciated. You buy a stock now, you wait a good one for the matter. But all those things take education. It takes learning. Your learning affects your earning. That's just the truth of the matter. Some things prayers will do. Some things is a renewed mind that will do it. It's a renewed mind. And this year, whatever is going to cost you, that price, that price to pay, you will pay it in Jesus' mighty name. That price of discipline, it takes discipline to learn new things. It takes discipline to begin to learn about finances. So a good man lives inheritance for his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up. A good man has desirable treasure, oil in his dwelling, but a foolish man squanders it all. The Bible also says, be diligent. That's the seventh point. To know the state of your flocks and attend to your hearts. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Proverbs 27 verse 23. And attend to your hearts. Those days, they were majorly, mostly shepherds. They had tons and tons of sheep. So the wise man was saying, look, pay attention to your hearts. Pay attention to your business. Whatever is your business, pay more attention to it. Being diligent means being careful and persistent in work. Being diligent means being careful and persistent in work and efforts. Being diligent is very close to working hard. But I'm sure you know that there's hard work and there's smart work. There's linear job and there's mental job. When linear job will earn you $15 per hour, mental job is earning some people $5,000 per hour. It's just the truth of the matter. So it depends on the side of the pendulum you want to be in. Which is why you have to increase your thinking capacity. That was what we came to hear in church. Yes, we are not all, just all spirits. No, we also have a mind. And that mind goes a long way to affect the way we live here on earth. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you can conceive it, you will achieve it. The Bible says here, be diligent. Be diligent. Proverbs 14, 23 says, In all labor there is profit. But mere talk leads only to poverty. In all labor. Is it possible that we have many dreamers, but very little doers? We have many dreamers. But in all labor there is profit. If you put your hands to work, there's a profit that will accrue to you. But mere talk, mere talk, mere talk leads only to poverty. Amen? It's not enough to talk. You have to put your hands on the plow. Until you put your hands on the plow, there may not be any profit. Oh, you want to go to, you've been going to school now for five years. And every year, oh, I'm going to go to college. No, 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 that doesn't make it happen. Until you go to college and begin to do. So in all labor, in every labor there is profit. So says that a man diligent in his business, he will stand before kings and not mean men. A man who is on top of his game, you should aim towards being one of the top ten in your chosen field. You're a cardiologist. You must aim towards becoming the top 10 U.S. cardiologists. Amen. You're a pathologist. Aim towards becoming one of the first 10 in your chosen field. Diligence can make it happen. And with the grace of God, if God's hand is upon your business, it can happen. But you have to still put your hands to work because God himself is a worker. Jesus said, look, it's how I work and my father worketh. 
So even God himself is a worker. He says in Proverbs 12 and verse 27, Proverbs 12, 27, say the lazy man will not roast what he took in hunting. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting. But diligence is man's precious possession. Diligence is a possession, is a precious possession. The lazy man, as defined by the wise man, is one who doesn't roast what he took in hunting. In other words, this lazy man, he goes to hunt. He goes out to the field, get the game, hunt. That's work. That's what we see in the life of Esau and Jacob. Esau, he will go out, fetch the game. He will come back home and then slaughter the animal and eat it just at a go. But as he will go out, bring it, Jacob in the house will try to rear them. He will try to rear them and they were bringing forth little antelopes. He was rearing them. He was adding value. But the lazy man will not roast. He will not refine what he caught in hunting. You see some nations, that's why they call them developing nations. Because they always have raw products. And they will ship the raw products to Europe and they will refine for them there. Meanwhile, the Europeans determine the price of the raw materials from them. And they will now send it back to them and they now pay a premium because they are not adding value. They are not refining. Everything in his raw state has little or no value. So if you have a skill, you are not owning it, you are not refining it, you are not working on it to get better and better, it will not get better and better. The lazy man is one that doesn't roast what he caught in hunting. It doesn't have value. You give him a unit in his workplace to run, there's no value after one year. It doesn't have anything tangible to people around him. He doesn't refine what he caught in hunting. That will not be you in Jesus' mighty name. And you know, God has given us creativity. It's amazing. And creativity many times is in the little things. The little things. Many times when you talk about creativity, people are thinking of the grandiose. No, it's in the little, little things. Just making something better. A little refinement here. A little adjustment here. Just turning things around in your mind. Because even God is a creative God. And because we are made in his image, in his likeness, there's creativity in you. You have to believe there's creativity in you. You have to believe you have what it takes. Because God gives you power to create wealth. So that he may establish the covenant he swore to Abraham. So we have creativity in us. Believe me, you have it. If you pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit within you is already creative. And it can make you actually become better. So pay attention to yourself. Ask God to help you to expose your destiny. So the lazy man is not one that doesn't work at times. But the lazy man is one that doesn't roast what he caught in hunting. He doesn't roast what he caught in hunting. The Bible also says in Proverbs 13, 23, this actually beats me too. It actually beats me. That much food is in the fallow ground of the poor. And for lack of justice, there is waste. So there is much food in the fallow ground of the poor. It's amazing that the richest continent in the world is the poorest. Can you figure that out? The richest continent in the world has the highest number of poor people. The rich, poor continents. How do you juxtapose that? Rich and poor. The richest continent in the world is the poorest. Because there is much food in the tillage of the poor. The fallow ground is the uncultivated ground. So people are poor because they are oppressed by the rich. It's true. The rich oppresses the poor. It's true. But people are also poor because they have not discovered themselves. Because they have fallow ground. They have not cultivated. Everybody that God created is gifted. Everybody. You may have one gift. You may have two. You may be multi-gifted. But everybody under the heavens has one gift. That guy had a gift. He wasn't happy with God. He buried it. 
The other guy, two talents, he went and worked on the two talents and he multiplied. You know, so there's food in the cultivated ground of the poor. There is food. There's something in your house, something in your hands, something in your heart, something in your head that God has put there to change your financial fortunes. And it's so true, nobody has nothing. Everybody has something to offer. Everybody. That woman has said, look, I have a jar of oil. She had been despising that jar of oil. But when God's hand came upon the jar of oil, she began the oil business. Somehow, God will open your eyes. And what you have been despising, you stop despising. Because at times, the guy with the one talent, why was he angry? Because he saw one guy with five talents. He saw the other guy brandishing two talents. And he was angry. Ah, God is unfair. So rather than go work on the one talent, he went to bury it. So many times, people despise what they have. Let me tell you this. In life, you will see people that will be more talented than you are. It doesn't matter how good you are. Somebody is better than you. So you better be comfortable in your skin. You better regard what you have. You better learn to make yourself better. That's how life works. So stop despising the days of small beginnings. Don't despise what you have. You have something. Start thinking, how can I commercialize what I have? How can I make people begin to buy what I have? Is my prayer God will help us. Because there is food in the fallow ground of the poor. But for lack of justice, because he doesn't know what to do, there's wastage. You will not waste your destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. I will not waste my destiny in the mighty name of Jesus. Proverbs 13, 11. Proverbs 13, 11 said, What gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. What gained by dishonesty, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. But wealth from hard work grows over time. If you defraud people and think you can become rich like that, you deceive yourself. Whatever thing you sow is coming back. Proverbs 28 verse 20. Proverbs 28 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Is my prayer you be a man of integrity, you be a man of impeccable character in the mighty name of Jesus. In your workplace, you'll be impeccable character. Anywhere you go, you'll be a faithful man, a faithful woman. Be careful of get-rich-quick schemes. That's what the Bible says. Be careful of them. Be very wary of get-rich-quick schemes. Oh, yes, as I begin to round up, the ninth Proverbs we are looking at is Proverbs 3 and verse 9. Proverbs 3 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. Honor the Lord with your possessions with the first fruit of all your increase. That word honor and honorarium, they are synonymous. Honorarium is money you pay to guest speakers who come to speak in church or to people who have public platforms, you give them honorarium. So a big part of honoring somebody is financial. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. And the Bible says you will not increase. So when we give tithe in church, we give offering, we are honoring the Lord. Is an honor we are doing to God because God gave you the brain to work with. Some people woke up this morning, they couldn't get up from their bed. God gave you the capability to get up from your bed. So we honor God with our substance, our possessions. And you know, life is wonderful because every time you go to work, you're exchanging your life for money. That's what it means. You work hard, you're giving your employer your sweats. You're giving your business your sweats. So God says, bring back part of that sweat to my house to honor me. Because you will get to a point in life that you can't work again. 
by the time you are 75, 80, or 85, you know, your energy level would have dropped so significantly. So God says, now that you are working in your working productive life, bring part of your sweat to me to honor me. Abel brought a quality offering to God, and God blessed him. And God despised Esau's offering. Until you organize your finances, you may never pay tithes. Because it's not easy to pay tithes. It's not easy to give offering. Tithing, offering, is a spiritual discipline. It's part of Christianity. Prayer, fasting, these are all Christian conducts. Because you are giving God, you are honoring God with your substance. And he blesses you back in return. And he makes sure that the devourer doesn't devour you. Ill health is a devourer. I'm sure you know that. Sickness. <laughs> so God is keeping your health. Honor him with your substance. God is keeping your family. Honor him with your substance. Many things we do, if not for money, we can't do it. Honor the Lord with your substance. And let me say this. God honors those who honor him. He said so. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 30. He said, look, those who honor me, I honor. Bible says, let him that thinks his wise become a fool that he may actually become wise. Honor the Lord. Say, those who honor me, I honor them. Those who despise me, I also disregard them. Abel blessed him. Abel came with first fruit of his father and God said, look, this is wonderful. It's my prayer. God will not despise your offering in the mighty name of Jesus. So, honor your father and your mother, which is the first command we promise. In other words, your spiritual parents, honor them. Your biological parents, honor them, your father and your mother, this is the first commandment they promise that it may be well with you. That's what the Bible says. That you may live long on the face of the earth. When you honor your parents, there's a blessing attached to it. They bless you. And the Bible says you will live long and it shall be well with you. But at the same time, the Bible says give to God what is God. Give to Caesar what is Caesar. So some people say, ah, because I'm honoring my parents, so I'm not going to honor God. No! <laughs> you give to God what is God's and give to Caesar what is Caesar. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Treasure in the dwelling of the wise. A foolish man squanders it all. Say, so send your grain across the seas. You want to become an investor, you have to educate yourself. Be diligent. Be on top of your business. In every labor, there is profit. Be a doer, not just a talker. Refine. If anything is put in your hands, make it better. Make it better. Anything put in your care, make it better. Thank you for listening. And make sure you subscribe for more great podcasts.